Welcome to the Fire Church Podcast. Today we pray Holy Spirit will speak through this message and into your life right where you are. Thank you, Fire Church. Can we give it up for Jesus? He deserves all the praise today, all the glory, all the honour. We love you, Jesus. Lord God, we just thank you for what you want to do in this place, Lord God. We just invite you to come and move as only you can move and come and do what only you can do in this place. We love you. We adore you. In Jesus' name, everybody said, Amen, Amen. You can go ahead and take a seat, Fire Church. It is such a blessing to be here with you this morning. I'm so honoured to be part of what God is doing in this place. You guys are really on fire. How many know the name of the church fits? Hey, you are on fire. And it is such an honour to be here. I wanted to honour your pastors, Pastor Alex and Jess. Thank you guys so much for having me. Can we give it up for these guys? Isn't they awesome? What incredible leaders and pastors they are. And I also wanted to honour Pastor Dan and Chelsea Hagen as well. Um, God has really used some of your pastors in a really powerful way to be a catalyst for revival at my church, at Numa Church. And so we had a revival conference earlier in the year and uh, Pastor Ben Fitzgerald was our guest speaker for that conference. And we just saw the power of the Holy Spirit just blow up the place in a way like we never have before. And we now refer to the Sunday after conference as Super Bowl Sunday uh, because We started an 11 a.m. service that went for 12 hours, just of the power of the Holy Spirit, God just breaking out in just an incredible way like we've never experienced before. And since then, we've had amazing miracles just break out in our church. We've seen eight people healed of cancer over the last, yeah, praise God for that. And if you have cancer in this place today, believing for healing for you as well. Um, We just saw just only this week, uh, one of the young boys in our youth ministry, who's about 14 years old, he's been on his deathbed the last few weeks. He hasn't been able to do uh, chemotherapy. He's been way too sick to do that. And just this week on Wednesday, we shared the testimony with our staff that he has been declared completely cancer free. In Jesus' name. So it's just incredible, incredible to see what God is doing. Many people being saved and healed and delivered as well. Uh, just last Sunday, uh, one of our pastors was conducting the prayer meeting, just like we did here this morning, conducting the prayer meeting, and he felt to prophesy in Italian. And so as he's walking across the stage, he just starts prophesying in Italian. It was a bit strange, if you ask me. It was a bit weird. And uh, at the end of the service, there was a man who gave his life to Jesus, who was Italian, who had never been to church before, (laughs) received that prophetic word. So God is just breaking out in incredible ways and many lives are being changed and transformed by the power of the miraculous power of Jesus. Are you glad that Jesus changed and transformed your life? Isn't Jesus good? Isn't he, got, isn't he amazing? I'm so thankful that Jesus changed and transformed my life and showed up in my world in a powerful way about 28 years ago. Uh, I was five years old, living in New Zealand. As Pastor Alex mentioned, my dad is Persian and my mum is Irish. And I was born in England. We moved to New Zealand when I was about two years old. And when I was uh, sort of just a, a young kid, probably about three years old, my auntie from Iran came to live with us in New Zealand. 
And we didn't know at the time, but she was actually schizophrenic. And so for anyone who's ever lived with anyone with those kind of mental health issues, you know how chaotic it can be in the home when you've got someone dealing with those kinds of things. And so my auntie would do crazy things and she would threaten to kill my dad and pull knives out and different things like this when I was a a kid. And one day my mum just said to my dad, I can't handle this anymore. She had three kids under the age of five. And she said, if you don't get rid of your sister, then I'm going to take the kids and I'm going to go. And so with that, my dad was sort of stuck. He didn't know what he could do. He was, his hands were tired and my mum said, I'm, I'm going to leave, I'm going to take the kids and we're going to go. And so we ended up living in a women's and children's shelter when I was about five years old. And we had uh, one of my friends from school, her parents went to a church uh, just like this, a Pentecostal church called New Life Church in Palmerston North in New Zealand. And their life group started praying for my family. They heard the situation that we were in, they started praying for us and we had a neighbor who lived down the road from that same church and she reached out to my mom she would pray for my mom she would pray with my mom and she shared the gospel with my mom and she said hey I I believe that Jesus loves you he has a plan and a purpose for your life and I know everything feels like it's a mess and broken right now but if you would surrender your life and your heart to Jesus I believe that he can make something beautiful out of your life and so I praise God hey amazing what Jesus has done and so my mom just felt something so real about what this lady was saying and she she just could witness that there was something real about this Jesus she was talking about and so my mom who had converted to Islam to marry my dad uh, converts in that moment to Christianity she puts her faith in Jesus Christ gives her life to Jesus. She gets radically saved, on fire for Jesus, moves back in with my dad. So we're living with dad again. And so my mum would hound my dad to come along to church. And so he was like, oh, what harm can it do? I'll go along to church. I've heard of, you know, he's Muslim. I've heard of Abraham and I've heard of Moses. And, you know, I've heard about all these things. It's, you know, same thing, but different, you know, Islam. And so he's coming along to church and he's sitting in church and he realises very quickly that it's not the same thing, but different. Uh, so he's, he, he hears people getting up on stage and they're testifying as well as, as we have this morning of people being healed and set free from addictions and how God's just been changing their lives. And so my dad, he uh, is a quite an intellectual guy. He's a professor of robotic engineering. Um, he decided to do a, an experiment on the Holy Spirit. So, yeah, so he, he's hearing about this Holy Spirit. They're talking about the Holy Spirit. He's like, all right, I'm going to do an experiment on the Holy Spirit. And he's lying in bed one night and he says, Holy Spirit, if you're real, then show me. And how many know that's a dangerous prayer for a Muslim to pray? Very dangerous prayer. And so he's just lying down and in bed, he, he says that the power of the Holy Spirit, the wind of God just came all over his body. And being the scientist that he is, he's like, what a coincidence. Like this, this can't be real. This can't be true. And so he gets up, he looks at, you know, the windows. Are there any windows open? Are there any curtains open? Nothing's open. And so he goes back to bed a bit confused about what's just happened. And again, the wind of God just blows all over his body once more. And he's sort of sitting there just stunned at what's going on. A third time it happened and he heard God speak to him and say, I want to show you that Jesus is real. I want to show you that I'm real. And from that moment on, my dad was completely changed as well. Gave his life to Jesus. Yes, come on. Praise God. 
uh, got baptised. I still remember being in a church just like this and sitting on the side of the baptismal pool watching my dad get saved and give his life to Jesus and get baptised. And so God is so good and God has totally changed and transformed my world. And I know that there are many people in this room this morning that, that could testify the same thing, that God has done amazing things in our lives. And so if there's anyone in the room today that doesn't know Jesus as their Lord and Saviour or anyone who's watching online, I'd love to invite you to give your life to Jesus today. It's the best decision that you could ever make to surrender your heart and your life to Him. And we'll give you that opportunity at the end of the service this morning. I want to share a message with you this morning that I've entitled Keepers of the Flame. Keepers of the Flame. We're going to be talking about the fire of the Holy Spirit all day today. I believe in the power of the Holy Spirit. Um, as Pastor Alex mentioned before, you know, Pastor Tim was my senior pastor when I moved to Adelaide. And you know Tim Hall, he's all about the power of the Holy Spirit and uh, same with Pastor David Hall. And so the apple doesn't fall too far from the tree. So I thought let's preach on the Holy Spirit all day today. Uh, and I would love to turn to Acts chapter 2 and verse 1 if you would join me there. Acts chapter 2 and verse 1. It says, when the day of Pentecost arrived, they were all together in one place and suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a mighty rushing wind and it filled the entire house where they were sitting and divided tongues as of fire appeared to them and rested on each one of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit gave them the utterance. Has anybody in this place been filled with the power of the Holy Spirit? Give us a shout if you've been filled with the power of the Holy Spirit. Does anybody speak in tongues in this place today? Uh, yeah, come on, Pastor Alex is speaking in tongues right here and right now. Uh, it's an incredible thing that can happen in the life of the believer, apart from being saved, to be filled with the power of the Holy Spirit, to encounter the Holy Spirit. I got to um, stay with Cheryl and with Sarah last night. How many love these amazing women of God? Aren't they incredible? And we were just talking about the difference that the Holy Spirit makes in our lives, that the Holy Spirit can come and move in us and through us in a powerful way. I wonder if you remember the first time that you encountered the power of the Holy Spirit in your life. I remember I was just a kid. I was about six years old in New Zealand. And as I mentioned before, my mum and dad got radically saved. And so we would have Benny Hinn's TV program, This Is Your Day. I don't know if anyone remembers that. We would, Mum would record it, pre-record it at 5 a.m. And we would play reruns of the show all day, every day in our house. And there was a rule in our house. If uh, we're watching the TV show and Benny Hinn is praying, then we had to stop what we're doing. We had to stop eating, stop fighting, stop playing, stop everything. And uh, the three kids and mum, we would go and we would put our hands on the TV screen and pray with Benny Hinn. And uh, so we, we really took this seriously, you know. And, and one day, Benny Hinn was talking about the power of the Holy Spirit and he was talking about speaking in tongues. And I was about six years old and this sort of just grabbed my attention when he's talking about speaking in tongues and the power of the Holy Spirit. And he said at the end of the program, hey, if anyone wants to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit and speak in tongues, then we're going to pray for you. Put your hands on the TV screen and we'll pray for you right now. And how many believe that the power of the Holy Spirit is not limited only to a room, but he 
can travel through the airwaves. He can travel through the screens. I believe anyone who's watching uh, can encounter the power of the Holy Spirit in an an incredible way today as well. Um, But I reached out my hands to the screen. That was the rule, right? I'm six years old. I put my hand on the TV screen. I pray with Pastor Benny Hinn to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And as as he said, just speak out in tongues. Now I start to to speak out in tongues. As as a six-year-old kid. And I remember just going, okay, cool, I can do that now. You know, like, just like as a six-year-old would. And I just walked off. And from that moment on, I had such a deep awareness of God in my life, such a a depth of intimacy and relationship with God uh, that can't be explained any other way but for the fact that the Holy Spirit came and encountered me and filled me and baptised me in His power. Do you know what? It's not a one-time only thing to be filled with the power of the Holy Spirit and to be baptised in the Holy Spirit. It's not something that we should only encounter one time in our lives. But how many know the Bible says that we should be continually being filled with the power of the Holy Spirit? We should have multiple encounters, multiple infillings. God always has something fresh and new that he wants to do in our lives. And so I remember one time as a teenager, I had another just radical encounter with the fire of the Holy Spirit. I was living in Geelong at the time. So I spent my, my teenage years in Geelong. Uh, my family's still there. And um, so I went to this youth conference in Bendigo and Pastor David Hall was preaching and he was preaching about the fire of the Holy Spirit. And as he's talking about the fire of the Holy Spirit, I was like, yes, I want more of the Holy Spirit. I want the fire of God. I want to be set on fire for God. I want to go out and be a witness in my school. And so I went down the front, just got hit with the power of the Holy Spirit. I was on the floor. Floor. And I remember when I got up off the floor, I had this, this burden for my school. I had this burden to preach the gospel to my friends. I went to a school called Belmont High School in Geelong, if anyone knows Geelong. It's a non-Christian school, a big school. And I decided I was going to start this Christian group, that God was going to come and move in my high school. I was going to preach the gospel to my friends as a teenager. And I was just so full of the power of the Holy Spirit. And at the time, it was sort of early 2000s. And in the early 2000s, there were a number of youth ministries around the country who were naming their youth ministry something like Boom, like Planet Shakers, Planet Boom. And so I decided I was going to call my Christian group Detonate, right? Detonate, yes, amen. Because the power of the Holy Spirit is going to come and blow this place up, right? And um, that would probably be okay for any Australian kid. But when you're half Iranian and half Irish and you want to start a religious group named Detonate, Probably probably not the best idea. And <laughs> especially early 2000s, right? Probably not a great idea. And I was none the wiser. I had no idea uh, that it was a problem. So I got called into the principal's office and the principal of the school was like, Layla, could I just ask you about uh, the nature of your Christian group uh, detonate, is it? And I was like, yeah, the Holy Spirit's going to come blow this place up. No, nah, I didn't say that. I was like, we just want to share the love of Jesus with people and the gospel. And I was just so on fire for God because that's what the Holy Spirit does. He comes and empowers us to do what God wants us to do on the earth to share the love of God with people, to preach the gospel of Jesus Christ to the ends of the earth. I wonder if you remember the time when you were so filled with the power of the Holy Spirit. I know that this morning God wants to fill us afresh with the power of the Holy Spirit. 
And I want to look today at some things that the Holy Spirit does in our lives when we encounter the power of the Holy Spirit. See, in Acts chapter 1 and verse 8, Jesus says, You shall receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you shall be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in all Judea and Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. And you know, when you travel to a foreign country, usually what they say to you as you go to a foreign country is, Do you know what's in your bags today? They expect you to know what you've packed in your bags. They expect you to know what you're carrying into a foreign country. And in the same way, the Bible says that we are citizens of heaven, that we are in this world, but we are not of this world. We are not from here. And so Jesus in Acts chapter 1 and verse 8, He's saying, hey, I want you to know what you're carrying. I want you to know the power that you have. I want you to know what it means to be full of the fire of the Holy Spirit. And so today I want to share a few things that happen to us when we encounter the fire of God. What does the fire of God do in our lives? The first thing that I believe the fire of God does is the fire of God empowers us. The fire of God empowers us. In Acts chapter 2 and verse 14, just a little bit further from where we read uh, earlier on, it says, But Peter, standing with the eleven, he lifted up his voice and addressed them, Men of Judea and all who dwell in Jerusalem, let this be known to you and give ear to my words, for these people are not drunk as you suppose, for it is only the third hour of the day. But this is what was uttered through the prophet Joel. And in the last days it shall be, declares God, that I will pour out my spirit on all flesh and your sons and your daughters shall prophesy and your male servants on your young men shall dream dreams and your old men shall dream dreams even on my male servants and my female servants on those days I will pour out my spirit and they shall prophesy we will receive the power of the Holy Spirit when the fire of God comes upon us. And it's so interesting that Peter is the one who gets up in front of these people and sees 3,000 people come to know Jesus as Lord and Saviour on that day. Why? Because Jesus had actually called him to be the leader of the church. He called him to be the first pastor of the church, Pastor Peter. And Peter uh, was called and he was anointed to do this. Um, and, and one of the things that you need to be able to do if you're called to lead the church is to sense what God is doing, to sense what He wants to do, and then to articulate it to lead the people into where God wants to go, right? That's one of the things that a leader needs to be able to do. But we see before the day of Pentecost, before He gets up on the day of Pentecost and preaches the gospel and sees 3,000 people come to know Jesus as Lord and Saviour. Every time Peter has the opportunity to lead the church and to be a person who senses what God is doing and leads the people into what God wants them to do, we see that he completely messes it. He completely messes it up. I don't know if anyone takes consolation in that fact that Peter didn't have the power to do what God had called him to do. I take consolation in that fact as well. We see many times that he didn't know what to do. He didn't know how to sense what God was doing and articulate it and follow it. We see one time Jesus is talking to the disciples and he's saying, hey guys, I want to wash your feet. And Peter was the first one to have his feet washed. And Peter's like, no, Jesus, you'll never wash my feet. Never, ever will you ever wash my feet. 
And Jesus is like, hey, Peter, if you don't let me wash your feet, you can have no part of me. And Peter's like, oh, okay, Jesus, you can wash my feet, wash my arms, wash my hair. Here's some shampoo, Jesus. He's like, wash all of me, Jesus. You know, he had, he had no idea what God was saying or doing and he couldn't articulate it. And we, we see another time Jesus says, hey, I'm going to die. I'm going to die for your sins. I'm going to go to the cross and I'm going to die. And we see that Peter says, no, Jesus. You will never die. I'm not going to let you die. Me and the boys, we got you, right? We got our swords ready to cut people's ears off. We are good to go, Jesus. Like He's like, no, Jesus. And Jesus looks at Peter and he says, get behind me, Satan. How many know if you're a pastor and God's calling you Satan, Jesus mistakes you for Satan? It's probably a bad day as a pastor. You probably want to give up on that day. There was another time when Peter just had no idea what was going on when he cuts a guy's ear off and another time where he completely disowns Jesus, completely walks away from Jesus and says, I don't even know him. Every single time he had the opportunity to step up and be who God had called him to be, he couldn't do it. He couldn't do it without the power of the Holy Spirit. He couldn't do it until the day of Pentecost when he gets filled with the fire of God, when he has the flame of fire on his head, he speaks in tongues, he's full of the power of God. And when he gets full of the power of God, we see that he stands up before 3,000 people, preaches the gospel of Jesus Christ and 3,000 people come to know Jesus as their Lord and Saviour. If Peter couldn't do it without the power of the Holy Spirit, I don't think any of us can either. I believe today that we need the power of the Holy Spirit to fulfill the dreams, the plans, the purpose, the destiny that God has for each and every single one of us. The second thing that the power of the Holy Spirit does and the fire of the Holy Spirit does in our lives is the fire of the Holy Spirit makes us holy. He makes us holy as God is holy. I love in Exodus chapter 3 where Moses has an encounter with the burning bush. And and God says to Moses, Moses, you need to take off your sandals because the place where you're standing is holy ground. Was there anything particularly special about that ground? Was there anything particularly special about that type of bush? No, the one thing that set it apart was that the fire of God rested there. And when the fire of God comes upon something, it makes it holy. Do you know what? In the same way, when the fire of God comes upon us, God makes us holy as He is holy. It's not about our righteousness. It's not about our good works. It's not about us. It's all about Him sanctifying us and changing us and making us new today. Amen. Amen. You know, I I don't know if you've ever run a bonfire at at your house or a property or been part of a bonfire, but when you get near a bonfire, the closer that you get to the fire, the less you need, you know, items of clothing to keep you warm, right? In the same way, the closer that we get to the fire of the Holy Spirit, the less we need the things of this world to comfort us, the less we go to the things of this world. Because when we get close to the fire, we are fully satisfied in Him. When we get close to the fire, He makes us holy as He is holy. He changes our heart and our affection and our desires and turns them towards Him. He makes us holy as God is holy. The third thing that the fire of God does is that the fire of God marks us. The fire of God marks us. 
In Acts chapter 2, we see that the mark that they received, that they had been filled with the fire of the Holy Spirit, was that they began to speak in tongues as the Spirit gave them the ability. I believe that when we get full of the fire of God, we have an ability to speak in tongues, to have this prayer language that God gives us to be able to commune with God and build up our spirit on the inside. My pastor David Hall in Adelaide, he always used to say, hey, you know, when you go to buy Nikes at the store, you don't have to buy tongues separately. They come with the shoes. Tongues are not sold separately. (laughs) And you know what? In the same way, baptism of the Holy Spirit, it comes with tongues. We don't have to seek that separately. We receive the ability to speak in tongues when the fire of God fills us. Every single one of us has the ability to speak in tongues. This is what marks us as Christians. I love the tabernacle in the Old Testament. The tabernacle is a picture of the presence of God dwelling with his people. And as the presence of God dwelt with his people, God would talk about how they were to build the tabernacle and what they were to do with the tabernacle and what different things they had to put in it. And one of the things that they had in the tabernacle was the anointing oil. And this anointing oil was something that they would put on the priests, they would put on different items in the tabernacle, and it had a certain makeup, it had certain ingredients. And God said, Amen. Yeah. God said about these ingredients that they could not be replicated anywhere else. It escalates really quickly. God's like, hey, if you do that, you're going to die, right? Don't, don't try and imitate this perfume. Don't try and imitate this anointing oil. Why? Because that anointing oil and that fragrance is reserved for my presence. That fragrance is only for my presence. So that meant that any time you smelt this particular fragrance, you knew that whoever was carrying that fragrance had been in the presence of God because that oil and that anointing could only come from the presence of God. And do you know what, church? I believe that that's a beautiful picture of what happens to us when we encounter the anointing oil of the Holy Spirit, when we encounter the fire of God and that anointing oil gets on us. It's something that the world can't imitate, that the world can't replicate, that nothing else has the power to copy. Why? Because it can only be found in the presence of God. And I believe that God wants to give us, each one of us individually today, an anointing for what He has called us to do, an equipping, a grace, an empowering to send us out into the world to be who He's called us to be this morning, to go with His anointing that the world cannot imitate or copy. We receive that anointing oil, that mark of the Holy Spirit. And the fourth and the final thing, maybe if the worship team could join me, the fourth thing we receive when we receive the fire of God is that the fire of God takes us deeper. The fire of God takes us deeper in our relationship with God, in our knowledge of God. We see Jesus all throughout the New Testament. He's a relational God. He's sitting with the disciples. He's eating with the disciples. We know that Jesus, you know, his favorite meal seemed to be fish and bread, right? He's always making fish and bread. I don't really like fish, so I don't know what I would have done if I was having dinner with Jesus, right? Um, But he loves to eat with his people. And in the Old Testament, we see this as well. In the tabernacle, we see the bread of the presence was in the tabernacle. And that represented the fact that we have a relational God who wants to come and sit with us and eat with us us and commune with us. What I love about the Holy Spirit is 
that the Holy Spirit enables us to go deeper in the presence of God. The Holy Spirit enables us to know him in a deeper way. He reveals the heart of Jesus. He reveals the Father to us in a deep and personal way as well. The Holy Spirit is sort of like a kaleidoscope. It's like every time we encounter the Holy Spirit, he shows us a new and a fresh facet of who God is and how God wants to move in our lives. He shows us a different facet of Jesus and his beauty and his love or the Father and how he speaks to us and wants to walk with us and talk with us and minister to us. I feel the presence of God in the room right now. Jesus, 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 we thank you for your presence in this place. Just with every head bowed and every eye closed. Maybe you're in this room today or maybe you're watching online. You would say, I've never received Jesus as my Lord and Saviour. Today, my friend, I believe that Jesus and the Holy Spirit wants to take you into a relationship with Him. He wants to take you deeper in your knowledge of who He is, that He loves you, that He cares for you, that 2,000 years ago He died on a cross for you. So no longer would you have to do life alone. No longer would you have to live struggling in your sin and your pain and your brokenness, just like my family was 28 years ago. But this morning, Jesus wants to come by the power of the Holy Spirit and say, hey, I wanna encounter you. I want you to know me. I want you to know my salvation. I want you to know my power. I want you to know my love. I wanna take you deeper in relationship with me. If you're in this room today or you're watching online and you'd say, Layla, I don't know Jesus as my Lord and Saviour. Or maybe you once did and you feel like you've walked away from God. And so you would say, hey, if I were to die tonight, I don't know whether I'd go to heaven or hell. I haven't really been living for the Lord or maybe I just feel distant from Him. Then today, friend, we would love as a church to pray with you, to pray a salvation prayer to invite Jesus to be the Lord of your life and see your whole life turn around just like our lives did and just like many lives in this room have. So if that's you, if you're in this room today, just on the count of three with every head bowed and every eye closed, if you'd say, I want a relationship with Jesus. On the count of three, can you lift up your hand? We would love to pray a prayer of salvation with you. One, two, three. Awesome, 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 awesome. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, God. Awesome, awesome. Just for anyone who's responding to this prayer, who might be watching online or who might be out here, I would love for us to pray this prayer of salvation this morning. If you could pray this prayer after me. Dear Lord Jesus, this morning, I thank You that You died on a cross to save me from my sin. Everything I've done wrong and everything I ever will do wrong. Jesus, today, I thank You for Your free gift of salvation. I ask You to forgive me of my sin. I ask You to save me. I ask You to make me a child of God and fill me with the power of the Holy Spirit. I declare today that you alone 
are the Lord of my life. In Jesus' mighty name. Everyone said, Amen, Amen, Amen. Awesome. Congratulations to everyone who prayed that prayer online and our friends who prayed that in the room as well. Uh, I'm sure there were pastors and leaders just looking out for you and we would love to get you started in your relationship with God after the service and and help you put a Bible in your hand and those sorts of things as well. But just for the remainder of of the service here this morning, can we just stand to our feet? I believe that the Holy Spirit wants to move in this place. God has been doing such an incredible work in our midst in Australia. Revival is breaking out in Australia, amen. Revival is breaking out in Australia. What we've been praying for for many years, many years. I was so encouraged to hear some of the stories from Cheryl and Sarah about what God is doing in Alice Springs, that God is moving through people in this church to bring healing and to bring signs and wonders and salvation all over the nation. I believe this morning that God wants to encounter us afresh, amen. That God wants to come and empower every one of us to be who He's called us to be, to go out and preach the Gospel of Jesus Christ with the fire of God, to see people encounter the reality of God, the reality of His goodness, the reality of His grace, the reality of His healing power. So if you're in this room today, we're gonna worship God in just one moment. But if you're in this room today and you say, I'm just hungry for a fresh encounter with the Holy Spirit. I just want more fire. I just want more of the Holy Spirit today. I just want Him to take me deeper. I just want more of Him today. Then could you come and fill the altar? And myself and some of the pastors here, the ministry team, we would love to pray with you, pray for the fire of God to come and fill you in a fresh way. Maybe you wanna get on your knees Maybe you wanna get on your face. I believe that God responds to hunger. He responds to expectation. He responds to people who ask Him for His Holy Spirit. And He just wants to overflow in our hearts and lives this morning. So thank you, worship team. Thank you to our pastors and our leaders. If we can lay hands on the people in the altar call as well, that would be amazing. Thank you, church. Thank you for joining us today. To learn more about Fire Church head to our website, firechurch.com.au. And don't forget to connect with us on social media, on Instagram, fire.church, Facebook, Fire Church, and YouTube, Fire Church TV. Have a blessed week.